today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Remember Jesus Christ. Now, that might seem like a firm grasp of the obvious, but what's Paul saying? And why would Paul write that? Why would the Holy Spirit inspire Paul to write those three words specifically? Remember Jesus Christ. Oh, because the first thing that happens when you're in a difficult situation, in a perilous set of circumstances, is you forget. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. In times of chaos and crisis, you tend to focus on what's right in front of you. Those moments, it's easy to forget that God is there. He's big enough for whatever is going on. Today, Pastor J.D. urges you to prioritize remembering God's character and promises. In Him, you'll find perspective and strength. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in 2 Timothy chapter 2 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. Let's get into the Word. Looking forward to our study today, 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll begin in verse 8 and we'll go through to verse 13. The Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is writing to Timothy, whom he loves so much, as a son really. And he says, verse 8, these first three words right out of the chute. Remember Jesus Christ. I mean, we could stop right there. We won't, but we could. Remember Jesus Christ, raised from the dead, descended from David. This is my gospel, for which I am suffering, even to the point of being chained like a criminal. But God's Word is not chained. Therefore, verse 10, I endure everything for the sake of the elect, that they too may obtain the salvation that is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Here is a trustworthy saying, verse 11, if we died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we disown Him, He will also disown us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot disown Himself. So I want to talk with you today about those times in our lives when the difficulties and the hardships of life seem to contradict the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. You ever had those times when, I mean, the trials are just so difficult and the circumstances so complex and perilous, and everything around you just seems to contradict the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. And then what happens, and it always ensues, there's a doubt that sets in. You start questioning the goodness of God, especially when the trials in all of their 
intensity and enormity are such that you, you're looking at this thing and you're saying, I just don't see it. I just don't see how God is going to work this out. I don't see how God is going to bring good out of this. This is really bad. And we start viewing the the goodness of God through the lens of the difficulty of our circumstances. And the enemy's right there, is he not? In fact, I would suggest that this is exactly what the enemy intends to do. He brings those thoughts, those questions. He, he can't read your mind, but he can certainly put thoughts in your mind. Now what we do with them, that's on us. Are we going to take that thought captive into the obedience of Christ? Or are we just going to let it in? Let it germinate and sprout and bear the bitter fruit that it always bears because of it. Here's what it looks like. Just kind of paint a picture here. It's kind of like this. So you're, you're in this trial and it's really bad. <laughs> and you start thinking to yourself, Lord, I, I just don't see how you're going to do it. And then here's the enemy with things like this. Uh, this is really bad, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It's really bad. How's, how's this going to work out for the good? I don't know. I don't know. What if blank, and you fill in the blank? What about? And the enemy will take you as far down that what if road as he can, as you will allow him to. And it's a battle in the mind. It's a battle in the mind. And it's no different. There's really nothing new because it's the same thing that Satan did in the garden with Eve, questioning the goodness of God. Can God be trusted? Did God say? Hath God said? And so what happens is we fall prey to fear and doubt, particularly fear, and we become fearful, full of fear. And once Satan can fill us with fear, he's got us. It's game over. He's got us exactly where he wants us, but God. Key word, remains faithful. God is faithful, but God remains faithful. In the text before us today, the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, gives to us three life-changing truths. And I know that sounds cliche and pat and hollow and canned, but they are life-changing truths. And the reason I'm calling them life-changing truths is because Paul himself is in an unspeakable difficulty. And it's almost like he owns it before he 
imparts it. You cannot impart that which you do not possess. Paul possessed this. Paul owned this. And he's writing to Timothy. Here's the thing. Keep this in mind. This is very important. It's germane to our understanding of the text that's before us today. Paul knew that Timothy, whom he loved so much, was not always going to have Paul. His days were numbered. And he knew it, and Timothy knew it, and he's doing all that he can by the Spirit to prepare Timothy for when he's gone. And he knows there's rough days, tough days ahead for Timothy, and he's trying to encourage him, prepare him for that which is prepared for him, and he knows it's not going to be easy, and so he provides him what I see here. You might find more. I found three. Three life-changing truths when we're riddled with fear and doubt, so much so that we question the faithfulness of God. The first one's in verses 8 and 9, and it's simply remembering. I just, I cannot get over the first three words in verse 8. I could preach a whole sermon just on those three words, and you know I can. (laughs) Remember Jesus Christ. Now that might seem like a firm grasp of the obvious, but what's Paul saying? And why would Paul write that? Why would the Holy Spirit inspire Paul to write those three words specifically? Remember Jesus Christ. Oh, because the first thing that happens when you're in a difficult situation, in a perilous set of circumstances, is you forget. And that's exactly what the enemy wants. You know, sometimes, I'll speak for myself, there are two words that snap me back to reality. You know what those two words are? The Lord. Oh yeah, what was I thinking? The Lord. I mean, here I am, I'm, I'm so caught up, I'm so worked up, I'm stressed out. Huh, wait a minute, I'm saved. The Lord. Remember Jesus? It's almost like I can picture the Lord going, Hello? Remember me? What are you doing? Hello? Remember? Oh yeah, that's right. The Lord. Remember Jesus Christ. Here in these verses, Paul is providing Timothy with this much needed reminder of like we like to say, keeping the main thing the main thing. Because isn't it true that the main thing is not always the main thing? And we need to be reminded. (laughs) I think we're like Timothy, whether we'd like to admit it or not. We're prone to forget. Forget what it's all about. The main thing is the person of and the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. And that has to be kept at the forefront because that changes everything. Remember Jesus Christ. There's something here, and I I don't know if you caught it in your reading of it, but it's almost like you get this impression that Paul needed to remind himself. Now I say it that way for a reason. 
Remind? Remind? This is not a play on words. Don't look at me like that, okay? (laughs) You know, we revisit, we restart, we reboot. Well, sometimes we need to remind. Remind. I think about Isaiah who says that he will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. We need to remind ourselves that our mind needs to be stayed on him. Remember? Oh yeah. I think about the Last Supper. You know what the main point of the Last Supper was? It's in a word, and it's the word, remember. Jesus wanted them to remember. Now why would He do all of this so that they would just remember? Because He knew what was ahead for them too. And in the heat of the battle, in life's storms, we're all prone to forget. The Lord's in control. The Lord has a lot invested in me. The Lord's never going to leave me or forsake me. I mean, you want to go down this list of all the reminders that we need all the time, especially as you get older. (laughs) You need to be reminded a lot. What's my name again? No, sometimes it's that bad. (laughs) The memory goes. The memory Think about this. Paul says, here I am chained like a criminal. I'm no criminal. This is the gospel, my gospel. He calls it his gospel. He owned it. For which I am suffering, here I am chained like a criminal. And he was literally chained to a Roman guard as he wrote this. How about that? And then it's almost like he needed to remind himself, oh yeah, I'm chained, but God's Word's not. I need to be reminded of that. You need to remind yourself of this today. You're sitting here, you're watching online, and you're like, oh yeah, what was I thinking? You weren't, that's the problem. Jesus said, I want you to do this in remembrance of me, as often as you do. Let's get a little bit more specific and look into this. What specifically, Jesus, do you want us to remember? Oh, I want you to remember how much I love you. I want you to remember that I died for you. And no greater love hath any man that he would lay down his life for another. And if I love you that much, is there anything I won't do for you? Oh yeah. What was I thinking? You weren't. I need to be reminded. Yes, I do. Remembering. You might think it's a maybe a firm grasp of the obvious, but I would venture to say that this is the number one problem when it comes to this. I think about David there on the battlefield. I mean, I would have loved to have been a fly on the camel there on that battlefield. 
You know how it went down? This is not based on a true story. This is a true story. Dad sends David to the battlefield to check on, you know, his brothers. Three of his older brothers were there. And oh, by the way, the firstborn son, you know the one that should have been the king, anointed king of Israel, Eliab was his name. Oh man, he was so jealous of David. And sure enough, as soon as David appears there on the battlefield, and there's Eliab, what are you doing here, you little runt? Go home where you belong. Why are you here? Oh, dad sent me. There was a bitterness on his part, his three older brothers. So here's David, right? And for 40 days and 40 nights, the Israelites have heard this uncircumcised Philistine blaspheme the name of their God. David hears it one time, and that's not okay. I I know it's maybe uh, reading too much into it, but I just, in my way of thinking, I have to picture the scene and picture myself there. So I'm there, and here comes David. Oh, I've heard about him. That's Iliad, that's your younger brother. Yeah, that's him. Oh, cool. And then, and then here's that uncircumcised Philistine. By the way, David would never call him Goliath, because Goliath means champion, and he's no champion. He's a blasphemer. Never called him by his name. So here they're talking, and Iliad's, you know, saying, go home. And all of a sudden in the background, here's this voice. Who's that? What what did he say? Wait a minute. He just, did you hear that? Wait, wait, what? What? Oh yeah, he's been doing that for the last 40 days and 40 nights. And you're okay with that? That is not okay. Let me at him. (laughs) Some believe he was probably a teenager at this time. Very young. So they're like, David, come on, just go home, will you? No, I can't now. I was going to, until I heard that. I need to talk with Saul. So they take him to Saul. And here's Saul. (laughs) Think, Think about it. They're paralyzed in fear. Paralyzed in fear. And here's David. He goes to Saul and he says, I know again I'm reading into this, but this is just, for me to understand the power in this, because it's almost like David saying, Saul, are you okay with this? Because I'm not. For 40 days and 40 nights he's been doing this, and you've done nothing about this? I'm going to take care of this, right? I'm going to shut his big, ugly mouth. He will never blaspheme the name of my God again. Saul's going, come on, David, buddy. I'm sure he didn't say that, but again, just indulge me. You can't, I mean, you can't, he's been eating kids like you for lunch for longer than you've been alive. I don't care, because this is not about Goliath against me. This is Goliath against God. And so Saul's trying to talk him out of it. No, 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 you can't do this. And what does David do? He remembers. What does he remember? He says to Saul, Saul, you need to know something. God has delivered a bear and a lion into my hands. 
and I've killed them with my bare hands because they were going after the sheep. This uncircumcised Philistine will be nothing. If God can do that, there's nothing He won't do. The power of remembering. And like Saul's like, okay, go ahead. (laughs) Tries to put his armor on him. David's like, you know, this isn't my size. Doesn't fit. Takes it off. He says, I just give me a slingshot and five stones. We don't know specifically why five. Five is the number of grace, by the way. They were saved by grace. Some speculate that Goliath had four brothers. We don't know. There were five cities of Gath, so that's possible. But I think the typology, because I love typology, is that five is the number of grace, and that's how we're saved. And grace changes everything. One little side note that I think might be a blessing to you and encourage you, just the, the power of God's grace and how Five, the number of grace changes everything. It's the fifth letter in the Hebrew alphabet, five, that God inserted into the name of Abram and Sarah. And He changed their name, and He changed their nature, and He put that fifth letter in the fifth place of their name. Ibrahim, Sarah, five, grace. Oh, Can I just do one more? (laughs) What are you going to say, no? The fifth commandment, the only commandment with grace. All the other ones are, thou shalt not, or you're going to die. You get to the fifth commandment, my mother and father made me memorize it. Honor thy, in King James, honor thy father and thy mother, so that the days upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee may be long. Wait a minute. That's grace. Yeah, that's the fifth commandment. Five is a number of grace. Grace changes everything. We are saved by grace through faith. Grace. They were saved, Israel, by grace. It was the grace of God. But he remembered. And I want to suggest to you, if you're here today and you're struggling and, and going through a really difficult time, and, and please, I don't mean to make light of that, I know it's hard, but God, I think it is a very good thing to just take some time and remember all of the times that God has delivered you in the past. When He's delivered that bear of a trial, that lion of a difficulty into your hands, and He did it as only He can. And and He did it in such a way so that even if you wanted to, you couldn't take the credit for it. We are so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. If you haven't yet found a church home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a priority. A church family can be a source of support, comfort, and most importantly, faithful prayer warriors. Paul wrote the book of 2 Timothy with this in mind. He knew how important it was to have the support and prayers of other believers in Christ. Church is also a place you can serve and encourage others, too. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to join our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. 
You can find service times, directions, and more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast prophecy updates and an accurate look at what the Bible has to say about this time in our world. You can also find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there. This is a great tool to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. Again, that website is inspiritandtruthradio.com. As we continue to study wisdom from the book of 2 Timothy with Pastor J.D., we hope you've been encouraged to live out your faith in a new way. The Bible holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you on your faith journey. So keep diving in. Well, that's all we have time for today, but be sure to join us next time for more from God's Word right here on In Spirit and Truth. 